Welcome to Sealing God's People with your host, Dennis Beard. The last day work of God, the great thing that he will do. Very few realize the work of the ministry which the body of Christ is called for. Ask if you the Lord rain at the time of the latter rain, so the Lord will make bright clouds, send forth showers, everyone grass in the field. We know this as the latter rain or the great rain of the Lord's strength. We had the former rain in Acts the second chapter. In the feast of the Lord, these are the Moed, the divine appointments of God with man. We see that the antitype of the death, burial, and resurrection in the feast of Passover, feast of unleavened bread, feast of first fruits in the type, the antitype being obviously Jesus Christ. That is, he is Christ our Passover sacrifice for us. He was buried and rose again, the death, burial, and resurrection, feast of Passover, and unleavened bread, first fruits. That was given to us in the gospel according to Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Then we come to the second season of the fourth feast, that being the Feast of Weeks. Now notice Jesus after he was uh, resurrected, that he did not ascend into heaven then until after his passion of 40 days. Then he told the body of Christ to his apostles to go into that upper room. And wait for the promise of the Father, which saith thee, you've heard of me. We know this as Pentecost or the Feast of Weeks. Well, that second season has come and passed some 2,000 years ago or two days as the Lord in his time frame is a day of the Lord is as a thousand years. So now we're after the second day or in the third day or that third thousandth year, which is the time that in Hosea 6, that he will raise us up and we will live in his sight. It's a new thing. Now, the, the question is, what is the new thing? What is this latter reign of the Holy Ghost? Is it the same as Pentecost? Or is it a radical change? And if it is a radical change, then what makes it so different from that of the Pentecostal era in the dispensation of grace, which we are still in. We see then in the latter rain, Jesus tells us that these works that I do shall you do also. Well, in the Pentecostal reign, we know that we have the apostles heal the sick, cleanse the leper, raise the dead, cast out devils, open blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lame walk and the captive go free. Very true. But then he said, greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Well, that's righteousness. Jesus proceeded from the Father. He is that Spirit. Made himself of no reputation. Took on the form of a servant. Made in the likeness of men. Then, uh, after three days, he resurrected his own body, just as he stated he would do in John 2.19. Destroy this temple in three days, I'll raise it up. Jesus stated that. He's declared to be the Son of God through the Spirit by the resurrection from the dead. That has certainly already happened. Now, 27% of the Word of God is prophecy. 
and yet still much to be fulfilled. And that is the last day reign of the Holy Ghost, the great reign of his strength, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. It will be a radical change to the point that only those that are sealed will have that mind of Christ, knowing those things which are the zoe, the beast before the throne of God, or the living creatures. These are the ones that will be sealed in Revelation 7. They are the redeemed of the Lord. They're not angels. They are the body of Christ that have come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, having the testimony of Jesus, which is the spirit of prophecy. To understand the words of the book of this prophecy, you have to have the spirit of prophecy. John saw this in Revelation 19.10 when he saw a man. If anyone knew the Lord, John the Revelator knew the Lord Jesus Christ. And he was about to worship this man. And he said, see, thou doest it not. I am of that fellow severance and of that brethren that have the testimony of Jesus. Worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, small s. Now, what is that spirit of prophecy? It's the testimony of Jesus, which is the faith that was once delivered to the saints. We see that in Revelation 14, 10. We see there that he said, they that are the redeemed of the Lord keep the commandments of God. Well, those are the ones that, that love the Lord, keep his commandments. And have they are the ones that have the testimony of Jesus, which is, and have the faith of Jesus. That faith is that faith that was once delivered to the saints is now come to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, knowing all things, all truth, growing up into Jesus in all things, all things of faith. Now the Zoe, those beasts before the throne of God, the living creatures, the redeemed of the Lord, as we see in Revelation 4 and Revelation 5, these are the ones that sing the song of the redeemed and have eyes both before and behind. Why? The eyes are the eyes of Revelation. Before and behind knowing those things which have been, is, and will be. Now the Antichrist that will forecast his devices and prosper, arms will stand on his part, he will not regard the God of his fathers, this one that will exalt himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God setteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God, as recorded by Paul in 2 Thessalonians, the second chapter. We know that when this happens, we're going to see a time of great tribulation, such as there never was a nation, neither shall ever be again. This is what the Lord said, Pray that your flight be not in the winter, neither on the Sabbath day, for then shall be a time of great tribulation. That great tribulation, the body of Christ is still here on the earth. 
we have not been pre-tribulation raptured out. Many will make that mistake thinking that we're not appointed to wrath, which we're not, but thinking that the wrath of Satan is the wrath of God. Notice in Revelation 12, the devil, that old dragon, the serpent, the scorpion, the devil, is cast down to the earth, having great wrath, knowing that he hath but a short time. That short time is a time, times and a half, three and a half years, 42 months of great tribulation. At that time, we find that the woman, the church of the living God in Revelation 12, that great sign in heaven, a great wonder, a woman clothed with the sun, the son of righteousness, healing in his wings, clothed with that sun, the moon under her feet, Well, that's the walk. The moon of the lunations are the feast of the Lord, which are the divine appointments of God with man, understanding those things which are coming upon the face of the earth. Those are the eyes of revelation before and behind in the four beasts, lion, man, calf, and eagle. Those are the Zoe, the living creatures, which is the church of the living God. Not just a Pentecostal church, but the ones that have grown from these little children that know that Jesus is the Father and their sins are forgiven for his name's sake, but have the word of God strong in them and overcoming the wicked one as young men, but growing all the way to fathers that has known him that's from the beginning. We see that in 1 John, the second chapter, verse 13 and 14. I write unto you, fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. I have written unto you, fathers, because you have known him that's from the beginning. That's the past, present, and the future in the things of God that is revealed to the living creatures, the Zoe. Those are the four beasts before the throne of God, and they are the ones that will proclaim this everlasting gospel to all the world for witness in all nations, as we see in Revelation, the sixth chapter, one of the beasts said, come and see. And he saw a white horse rider in him that was on him. There was a crown given to him, a Stephanos, not the royal diadem, and a bow. That bow is a toxon. It's an ornamental fabric bow given to the victor after he has completed or won the battle, triumphing over the enemy. Well, we are given the body of Christ this toxon, this bow, this ornamental bow of a victor, even before the battle begins. That's the white horse rider. It is not a deception. It's not a false antichrist. It is the true word of God going forth, conquering and to conquer. And we're more than conquerors. That is not a devil. That is not an antichrist. That's the true Christ. White in the word of God is not to deceive us. White is always purity and the righteousness of the saints. The horse is the life of the chariot. The chariot there is what we have in the word of God. That is the faith that is in our spirit, held in our intuition. Faith is in the spirit of man, not in the intellect but in the human spirit. As faith grows exceedingly, 
and the charity of every one of abounds one toward another. We find in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter, that we have come to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, adding to our faith virtue. Virtue, knowledge, the knowledge of the Lord. A knowledge then, temperance. Striving for the mastery, being temperate, self-controlled in all things, all things of faith. Temperance, patience. That after we've done the will of God, we have need of patience. Then patience, having your perfect work. Then patience, godliness, the God life. That is, uh, that God was manifest in the flesh. Justified in the spirit, seen of angels. Preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up in the glory. Now, from that, that charity, if these things are in you and abound. And we find that in 2 Thessalonians, the first chapter, the faith is growing exceedingly. Those are in the things, in the eyes of revelation, in the Zoe, the beast of the Lord having eyes before and behind. They have that revelation of the word. They have been knowing the will of God and overcoming the wicked one, being pleasing unto God, doing the purpose and will of God in their life through seeking God and knowing the voice of the Lord Jesus. Only the sheep know his voice. Not a newborn baby. It's something we have to grow for the newborn babes are unskillful in the word of righteousness. We see that in Hebrews 5. But Paul said, we speak wisdom to them that are perfect. 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. What that will be, the glory of the saints. Called to that glory. Not just justification by faith, but of ultimate glorification to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. God is sealing those now in their forehead and the mind of Christ that are pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. It's not just having a Sabbath. Many will say that the Sabbath keeping this Sabbath day or seventh day is the seal of the saints. That is totally, totally an error, letting the man judge you in a holy day or in the Sabbath as stated by Paul. It is growing up into Jesus and all things and all truth until the final epoch of adding to your faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, that is, condescending to men in a low estate and uh, preferring your brother above yourself and bearing one another's burdens and so fulfilling the law of Christ then there's one step higher in that final stage of glory. And that is charity. Charity is not love. We don't love in word and in tongue, but in deed and in truth. So charity is not love, but it's love based in doing the will of God. That's charity. Charity rejoices in the truth, honoreth not itself, not easily puffed up, seeketh not its own. We see that in 1 Corinthians 13th chapter and Paul states, was I a child understood as a child? But when I became a man, a full grown in the image of Jesus Christ, understanding these things, then I put away childish things. That's exactly where the body of Christ is now. God's expecting us to grow up unto him in all things and all truth. 
those that we are not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine who has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. Now we here at DBM in Longview, Texas are constructing a Jesus-only training center for the training of these servants of God, the ministers, believers, who want to go on and not satisfied, but pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. They're not settled on their leaves. Woe be to them that are at ease in Zion. The ones that understand that perfection is required and for perfection to have the mind of Christ, we have to press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus, which is simply being kings and priests unto the Lord our God and being reigning with him in the earth a thousand years in the millennial kingdom. The fulfilling of the promise that in Psalm 132, uh, we find that once Psalm 132, 11, the Lord has sworn in truth unto David and will not turn from it, that of the fruit of thy body, David, will I, that is God himself, set up on the throne of David. Is Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there, he will reign and rule a thousand years and the promise to the fathers, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, that he would make of them a great nation, Genesis 12. Before then, the church of the living God will be sealed. We see that sealing in Revelation 7. The four winds are to hurt the earth, and that is the land, the sea, and the trees. But before they do, God says uh, to seal his servants in their foreheads. That's what God is doing now, our Lord Jesus Christ. We received a visitation from the Lord God while in Transmara, Kenya, Africa, after preaching Maasai Tribal Church. And he stated, point blank, seal my people by my word. Even as I send my angel, ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God, so send I you. Unquote. We were flabbergasted. The time uh, there being the end of days, we believe was the last of the last days, but the sealing of it there was uh, emphatically declared to do so now at the sign of these times that we are now in, that God is sealing his people. And he's sealing his people by his word. Notice that the fathers are the ones in the final growth state from newborn babes to little children, knowing that he is the father, he is the Lord Jehovah God Almighty, the going to young men, the word of God is strong in you and you have overcome the wicked one. That's Revelation, the second and the third chapter. But then in Revelation 4 and 5, we have throne room revelation, much higher than Pentecost in the sanctuary. We're going within the veil to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus unto a perfect man. We go to fathers. And John states, I write unto you fathers because you've known him that's from the beginning. 
I have written unto you, fathers, because you've known him that's from the beginning. Those are things that are coming in the things that are past. He says it twice. I write unto you, fathers, present truth. I have written unto you, fathers, past truth, eyes before and behind. And these that have known him that's from the beginning. Him that's from the beginning and the fathers is the word of God. It's not a Sabbath. It is the word of God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were created by him. They know him that is from the beginning. It's eyes before and behind. It is a radical change from Pentecost. You might say, in what way? Well, we find that in the Mount of Transfiguration, in Matthew 17, that Jesus was there transfigured before Peter, James, and John. Notice he did not have all the 12 apostles with him. Only the inner three, Peter, James, and John. As he was transfigured before them, they were eyewitnesses of his majesty as proclaimed by Peter in his epistle. And there appeared with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah on this mount of transfiguration. Transfigured before these three apostles. Somebody says, what difference does that make? Well, they saw Jesus' glory and that majesty of the Lord, that he is the father of glory. He is that self-existent, eternal spirit of God. But there appeared also Moses and Elijah. Jesus' face shone as it were the sun. What is that face? Well, God has shown forth his glory. In the face of Jesus Christ, 2 Corinthians 3. What does it have to do with us? Because it's Jesus, Moses, and Elijah that we find in Malachi 4. That the day that shall come, that shall burn as an oven. That the Lord himself, we will mount up with wings as eagles. You will find at that time that the saints of the living God that come to the measure of the statue of Jesus will have the wicked as ashes and under their feet in this day that burns. It's the day of the Lord. But notice, before that great and terrible day of the Lord comes, there's a work. There's a work of the ministry. And that is, remember my servant Moses, behold, I send you Elijah. That's what we see with Jesus on the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17. While that is on that mountain, Jesus stated that if you will speak to this mountain and say, be thou removed to hither, be thou moved to this place, in present truth, the mountain of transfiguration, that great truth of the revelation of Jesus Christ for these last days and that kingdom coming to a greater power given to the saints of the Most High God, 
that we find in Revelation 11 that we are going to be measured. It was a reed like unto a rod given unto me, John said, and saying, Rise, measure the temple of God, the altar, and them that worship therein. But the court which is without, leave out and measure it not. Why? Because the rod of God is not upon the head of the wicked. And uh, in the holy city shall be trodden underfoot forty and two months, time times a half, three and a half years. And that is 42 months or 1,203 score days. And I will give power unto my two witnesses. Now, why do you say two witnesses? Well, it'll only be not to this church in general, but it'll be to those uh, that he speaks wisdom to that are perfect, that are striving for the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul stated, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. That's the mind of Christ that we must have. And if you be any otherwise minded, God will reveal this even unto you. Why? Because it is the power of God unto salvation through sanctification of the spirit and belief of the truth whereby we're saved. And the Lord, as he moves upon his body, to urge us, compel us to walk in the light as he's in the light. To have that fellowship one with another and the blood flow of Jesus through and in the body of Christ. And then this that sin, we uh, that it purges from us from all sin. So if we walk in the light as he's in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus then and through this life flow of God cleanses us from all sin. But we have to be pressing toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus to be perfect, as Paul stated to the church of Philippi. This is a call to the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ, and nothing less is going in. Jesus is coming back for a church without spot or blemish. It must hit the mark for the prize. There. It requires us to seek him in all things and all things of faith in all truth. The Holy Ghost is given to us as that spirit of truth. As Jesus stated, going to the cross, I have many things to say unto you, but you're not able to bear it now, even to his disciples that he had been with for three and a half years. But when the spirit of truth has come, he will lead you and guide you into all truth, not partial truth, not Pentecostal truth but all truth. Now, in Pentecost, we saw through a glass darkly. It stated where there be knowledge, it be done away. There, uh, tongues would cease. Prophecy would fail. But when that which is perfect is come, charity, adding to our faith, virtue, virtue, knowledge, knowledge, temperance, temperance, patience, patience, godliness, godliness, brotherly kindness, brotherly kindness, charity, the mark of perfection. That charity will cover a multitude of sins and charity. That charity of these things about in you, it makes your calling and election sure that you shall not fail. We have to press on toward that mark. That mark is that prize of the high calling of God as king priest, having the mind of Christ and the sealing of God in our foreheads in the mind of Christ that God is doing now through his word to those that have an ear to hear what the Spirit is saying to the churches. 
Now, why would it be such a radical change? Well, Jesus stated that if you have pain of a grain of mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, that mountain of transfiguration, Matthew 17, remove hence to yonder place. That yonder place is the place of the sealing of the saints of God unto perfection. And it will, in that revelation of Jesus and the transfiguration, in the body of Christ, notice that Jesus appeared there with Moses and Elijah and in Malachi 4, it's given to us that God said, I will remember my servant Moses, I will send you Elijah. Behold, I send you Elijah before the great and terrible day of the Lord come. Not during it, but before. He will turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and their children to the fathers, lest he comes and smite the earth with a curse. Now, what does that mean? Well, the hearts of the fathers is an Elijah ministry and Moses. Remember my servant Moses, the prophet. Well, Moses spoke of the law. Of course, Elijah, the prophets. Jesus himself, the chief cornerstone. But Jesus stated that when it was all said and done, they saw Jesus only. In other words, it was not Moses doing judgment miracles. Destroyed the gods of Egypt. It was the Christ that was in Moses. We understand that by Peter himself and his epistle, 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11. At the Old Testament prophets, including Moses, Samuel, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, all the way to Malachi, spoke of that grace that should come unto us. How? By the Spirit of Christ that was in them. That Spirit is Christ. When it signified, when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, who is God manifest in the flesh. He is the Father of glory revealed. But notice, in Moses, it was not Moses doing those judgment miracles upon Egypt. It was the Christ in him. 1 Peter 1, verse 10 and 11 states that. It wasn't Moses. They saw Jesus only. Peter, James, and John, after that great terror, looking up, they saw Jesus only. Why? Because it was not Moses doing the judgment miracles. It was Jesus only, the Spirit of Christ. They did not see Elijah doing those kingdom miracles of restoration. That was Jesus only. And Jesus in the days of his flesh, did redemption miracles. He did not kill anybody. He healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils on blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongues, the lame walk, and the calf, they went free. Did Jesus did only resurrection, redemption miracles. And he stated, these works shall you do also, the body of Christ. Well, we will do those. But then he did not stop there. He said, in greater works shall these shall you do, because I go to my Father. He proceeded from the Father, and he went back to the Father. He is that Spirit, made himself of no reputation, took on a form of a servant, made in the likeness of men, 
found in fashion as a man humbly himself the death, death of the cross. Wherefore God hath thou exalted him, given the name above every name. And in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is the Lord, Jehovah God Almighty, to the glory of the Father. He went back to the Father. Now Jesus states in John 16 that I will no more speak to you in Proverbs that time. Come, I will show you plainly of the Father. At that time, you will ask in my name, and I say not that I'll pray the Father for you. Why? Because he is the Father, glorified with the Father's own self, went back to the glory that he had before the foundation of the world, where he made himself of no reputation. During that time, on that cross, Jesus, until that cross, did only redemption miracles. He always healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils, opened blind eyes, loosed the dumb tongue, the lame walked, the captive went free, and blessed is he whomsoever is not offended in me. But then he stated, greater things than these shall you do. What works? Jesus stated, the works that I do, that I do not of myself, but my Father, that dwelleth or houses permanently in me, a permanent abode, a permanent tabernacle, a permanent dwelling. He is the one doing the works. He's the one that is doing all the works that he did in healing all manner of sickness, disease, casting out devils, everything that he did. Those were the works. But he said, greater works than these shall you do, because I go to my Father. Well, that takes us back to Matthew 17. Remember my servant Moses. Moses there did judgment miracles in destroying the gods of Egypt. In Zephaniah 2, when God uncovers the cedar work, that is the last day work. The cedar work is uh, that work of cedar in the most holy of holies, the most holy place. And the cedar walls of cedar, he has engraving, the engravings of an engraver of cherubim, palm trees, and open fruit. What do we have there? The cherubim of glory. The cherubim are the two olive trees. The two olive trees in the first Kings 6, 23 are made of olive, the cherubim. These are the two anointed ones of Zechariah 4. They are the two olive trees, the two candlesticks in Revelation 11. This is the work of the ministry in 1 Kings 6 and God uncovering the cedar work, Zephaniah 2. When he uncovers the cedar work, there will be the engravings revealed of an engraver. Engraving of the cherubim. The engraving of the palm trees, which is tabernacles, and the engraving of uh, open fruit. What is that? That's the last day tabernacle glory of God that would be far greater than Pentecostal glory. Remember my servant Moses. Greater works than these shall you do? That we will do? Yes. Why? Because in Zephaniah 2, he states that he will famish all the gods of the world, not just Egypt. He will famish all the gods of the world. 
He will do this in it through the body of Christ. Just as Moses did, so will the body of Christ do in these last days. Not only that, he said, also greater works of nature if you do, not only in Moses, but Elijah. Coming down off the Mount of Transfiguration, the disciples asked Jesus, why the disciples of John say that Elijah must first come? Jesus stated, Elijah truly must first come and restore all things. That takes us right to Acts 3.20 and, 3, Acts 3.20 and verse 21.2. We sign that in Acts 3.20 and 21, that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of the restitution, a restoration of all things, all things of faith, all things in truth. The Holy Ghost leading us, the spirit of truth, into all truth growing up into Jesus and all things, so that we're sealed and not tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. Well, that's what God is doing now. We are in these days. Well, he states that in Acts 3, 20 and 21, Peter telling us there that the heavens must receive Jesus until the times of this restitution and restoration of all things that Jesus stated in Matthew 17 that Elijah truly must first come and restore all things, all things in faith, all things in truth to the body of Christ. We must receive these in order to be sealed in Revelation, the seventh chapter of the apocalyptic sealing that God is doing now in and through the body of Christ. Now, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus, but we have this treasure in earthen vessels. And this is the treasure God Stated in Deuteronomy 32 in the Torah. Is it's not sealed up among my treasures? What is that? It's the treasures revealed in and through the body of Christ. We know that in 2 Corinthians 3, God has shown forth his glory in the face of Jesus Christ, but we, the body of Christ, have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power might be of God, not of ourselves. How much power? the power of the Holy Ghost in higher glory than Pentecost. As one preacher put it, this is something that's never, ever been done before in the last day work of the ministry. What is that? Well, it is what we would call Pentecost on steroids in a worldly fashion, but it's the great power, the last great strength of God's reign, the latter reign of the Holy Ghost, not just a moderate reign of Pentecost that we see in Acts the second chapter, and that was a moderate reign. It was a, it was a reign, and the power of God and the glory of God revealed in Acts the second chapter. What's coming now is a radical, radical change. So radical that those that do not go into the measure of the statue of Jesus into all truth and the leading of the word of God will be deceived, thinking the old store, the old wine is better, not making for themselves and taking the new wine and new wineskins. They will not be able to enter in trying to put this new wine into old wineskins will burst and fall. The old, the old wineskin will not hold it. We have to 
go into the measure of the statue of Jesus Christ under perfection. The Pentecostal means and the ways there will not get it done. We have to make this radical change in the leading of the Holy Ghost in the present proceeding word of God. It is uh, the truth of God. It cannot be changed. That that is determined will be done. God will have a people. It will be such a radical change as from the law to Jesus and a radical change. So will it be from the Pentecostal reign of the Holy Ghost into the last day tabernacle reign. From Pentecostals to tabernaclist will be a radical, radical change that only those that have the seal of the living God will be able to stand in that day. It's up to us. We, as the body of Christ, must enter into that glory. In Revelation 11, it will be a radical change in that we will do the same redemption miracles that Jesus did in the works of the Father, which he healed the sick, cleansed the leper, raised the dead, cast out devils on blind eyes, loose the dumb tongue, the lay walk, the captain went free. Praise God. But that's not it. That's not at all the end of it. Jesus said, greater works than these shall you do. What is that? Greater works of judgment miracles of Moses and the kingdom miracles uh, and restoration miracles of Elijah. All these will be done in conjunction in the time, times they have three and a half years, 42 months of the last day work of the ministry in the Jesus latter reign of the Holy Ghost. It will be such a change and radical. Jesus never killed anyone, but yet in the last days, we will find that, that in the Christ that is in us, the Jesus in us, that those that do not and come against us. In these latter days, it states in Revelation 11, by the word, that proceeding word, that fire out of your mouth, not through a weapon, not through the carnal, carnal weapons of the, this world, but the weapons of God, the mighty weapons of God, pulling down of strongholds. This proceeding word of God that proceeds out of your mouth, this fire that proceeds out of your mouth in the fire of the Holy Ghost will kill those. And in this manner, they will be killed. Never had anything like that. This is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. The ones that do not know and think that God is only love and has no judgment, that all God's ways are perfect, all God's ways are judgment and may, will be revealed in and through the body of Christ will be deceived. They will not receive this word. They'll think that, oh my God, that as it was with Korah in Abiram, that Moses said God will do a new thing and we will be in that Christ, in that judgment, miracles of Moses. God, he stated, uh, Moses stated, when Korah and Abiram and those came against Moses, said, you take too much on yourself. And these were princes and leaders in Israel. They were highly regarded among the Israel of God. And yet Moses said, God will do a new thing. He's alluding to us what will happen in the last days, remembering uh, my servant Moses. What? The earth will swallow up Abiram, uh, Abiram, Korah, and their households, and they'll go straight into the pit. 
Somebody said that's a radical thing to say. That's exactly what's going to happen. In Revelation 11, those that come against uh, the word of God in the last days, that fire will proceed out of uh, the body of Christ's mouth. And in this manner, they will be killed, not by weapons of all warfare that are carnal, but the weapons of all warfare of God, which are mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, even unto death. Now, this is a radical change. This is the latter reign of the Holy Ghost. And we're going to see that as often as the body of Christ uh, will smite this earth with plagues, as often as they will, they will have the power to do so. This is in the remnant of her seed that keeps the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus. Nothing like this has ever been done before. It is a new thing that God will do. This is not revival. This is the new thing. Body of Christ, you need to make a move. You need to go and join together in this last day work of the ministry or we will not be sealed. I'll leave that with you. A radical change is here. The latter end of the Holy Ghost, God is knocking on your door. And there, if any man will hear his voice, the voice of God in this last day truth, not Pentecostal truth, but the word of God in the tabernacle season that we are in now. Hear this truth. That God will come in and sup with you and you with him. He will uh, give you power to do these things and to fitly frame the body of Christ together and compact it according to the measure of faith given to each part and whichever joint supplies to their fighting of itself in love to the fullness of the measure of the statue of Jesus to this world. This gospel will be preached in all the world for events and all nations in the power and demonstration of the Holy Ghost and not only redemption miracles, but the judgment miracles of Moses and the restoration miracles of Elijah that this world has never seen before. It's the last call of God upon this earth. Who will hear? For the time is now. We need you if this message has bore witness in the Holy Ghost with your spirit, your conscience bearing your witness on the Holy Ghost, then contact me where we can work together, our ministry team here at DBM, Dennis Beard Ministries, the ministers that have sold out for the Word of God for the testimony of Jesus. Then work with us where we can work together. You can email me at sealinggodspeople at dennisbeard.org. Again, Sealing God's people at dennisbeard.org. You can also message us over our website, dennisbeard.org. Sealinggodspeople.org. Sealinggodspeople.com. JCIC.tv. Also, download our app, Sealing God's People, for daily prod- podcast. Focusing on this present truth of the preceding word of God for those that haven't here to hear. Now we're praying for each individual member in the body of Christ. That God will perfect that which is lacking in each one of us. That we all may be presented blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ in both spirit, soul, and body. Until the next time, this is Brother the Spirit saying, Behold the real Jesus.